Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week we watched Miss Congeniality, which I did in fact look up when it came out because this movie is 22 years old and it came out in the year of our Lord 2000. And the reason I looked it up is because Michael Caine has a, like his backstory is that like he's been blacklisted as like the, um, pageant consultant like go-to pageant consultant guy because in 1996 his girl like choked or whatever I don't even really remember the details but his girl choked and then told reporters that he essentially was he doesn't say abusive but she tells reporters that he was essentially like so mean and so tough on her that she had a breakdown right and so he is our very first victim of cancel culture so when he said that that happened in 1996 I was like wow that's a that's a long time ago for that to like still be affecting him and then I was like four years it was it was four years he's been gone for one child's high school experience it came out in the year 2000 it holds a disgusting 41 percent on Rotten Tomatoes honestly justice for this movie it was justice for Sandra Bullock justice for Sandra Bullock that woman cannot get a movie well-reviewed except the proposal which I think is like her worst movie like I truly are we not like wait wait, I'm sorry dream is the proposal supposed to be a better movie than Miss Congeniality hold please I will go back in my notes and find out what the proposals because this is our uh, this is our standard Bullock redemption year clearly tenderly petting me you weirdo she's talking to her cat guys not like a man oh okay (laughs) although that was happening while i was recording i would say the same thing um he was just like pawing my hand again cat you're fine (laughs) pawing obviously is cat uh okay the proposal is 45 percent, so it's okay it's three percent higher Okay, um, fine. That's by a, Petrie. Yes. I mean, I do think this is a much better. I, I enjoy this movie far more than the proposal, but maybe that's nostalgia. Who knows? Um, it was directed by Donald Petrie. It was written by Mark Lawrence, Katie Ford, and Karen Lucas. And it stars. And it stars, stars Sandra Bullock. Cast. Benjamin, Miss X, Mr. Julia Roberts, Benjamin Bratt, Michael Caine. Candace Bergen, um, the woman from You've Got Mail, Heather Burns, who I looked up because I was like, why isn't she a superstar? She's part of so many movies. Heather Burns, thank you. Um, she has a uh, real like from... Melanie Linsky energy to me. Yeah, but like Melanie Linsky is getting her her flowers now. And I don't feel like Heather Burns is getting her flowers. And I looked at it, I was like, maybe she quit. And she hasn't. She, like, she needs her yellow jackets, which, P.S., I couldn't finish because I didn't like. Don't come for me. Um, everyone loves it. You know what it is? It's lost. They came up with a real good thing, and then they don't have, they don't know how to finish it. Anyway, this is not a yellow jackets podcast because I refuse to watch any more of it. Fair. Um, I did look up what happens, and I was like, I was right. It's lost. They don't know what they're doing. Um, acting is great. Okay. Um, Melanie Linsky, the woman from uh, Best Man Holiday, who plays Melissa Miss... D'Souza. Thank you. She's Miss New York, I believe. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. she's like one yeah. ups to Brooklyn and then announces she's a lesbian after getting um, not Correct. making the final five. 
Uh, and all of the you forgot oh. William Shatner. William Shatner. I thought you were gonna say I forgot um Leanne Locken. Leanne Locken. <laughs> Who has no lines. And I still don't didn't write. Leanne Locken, for those of you who don't know, is a former Real Housewives of Dallas, arguably, and we could have this argument, the worst uh city of the franchise. <clears throat> like never gave us enough, except Leanne Locken gave us a lot, and that she once, well, um, before being put under, threatened. Being, wait, 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 being put under for plastic surgery i think we being put under for plastic surgery threatened to strangle a man um starting to th- strangle a woman who was talking shit about her and also said that her husband was gay and uh he she knows the boys who suck his dick at the roundup which is apparently a very famous gay bar anyway she gave us that moment so she is a star also a monster um Truly, she's in this movie, and I didn't know that until I was like, I, I think I was like trying to find Heather Burns. I for some reason after I was finished the movie, I was on the IMDb cast page, and it said Lee and Lockin, and I was like, the fuck, and I sent it to Carrie, and she will put these pictures on the Instagram, but Carrie sent it back with a picture of her, um, like in the background, and I will not be convinced that's the same person. So I looked for her because you had sent this to me, and then I watched it afterwards, and right. She doesn't, she's Miss Nebraska. She doesn't have a part, um, except that she ends up in the top five. So she does have a name because we hear her name, but she's not like part of the core group of women that we come to know. Um, right. It's possible that she had lines that were cut. True. Because she's but, not, because she's cast. It's not like an extra, but also maybe she's just like a featured extra, but you're right. Like the main women we know are Sandra Bullock as Miss New Jersey, Heather Burns as Miss Rhode Island. Melissa D'Souza is Miss New York. Then we like Miss Hawaii, Miss California, Miss Texas. Those are our like right. women we're following. Correct. And I mean, you blink and you miss her. Also, she's unrecognizable. She looks like a comp. Now, granted, this is 22 years ago. Everybody's had work since since this movie, including Sandra Bullock and probably Benjamin. Oh yeah, Brad. I saw a trailer of her in her next movie, which looks good. And I love Sandra Bullock, but I was like, oh, we have made some choices right so uh no judgment here i mean presumably sandra bullock's plastic surgeon is better than leanne lockins but who knows right um i do believe their tax brackets are probably different leanne lockin was the poorest woman on real houses of dallas which isn't saying there were rich women on that show but that's also like she had like a small house which to me i was like that looks like a lovely home and all the other women were like her house is small um and it was one of those houses where like dogs were allowed on the couch like it looked like like people i know's couches and so that's why i was like "Mm, this isn't what i'm here for anyway not the point she and sandra bullock are both in different tax brackets and i would imagine no disrespect to dallas but that like california los angeles plastic surgery might be slightly more elite than dallas but i don't know although bullock like her permanent home is in austin so maybe she's getting her plastic surgery maybe she and leanne maybe Locken they do have, the, have same the same woman plastic surgery you know you don't know Talk i about. don't know texas geography or austin and dallas close to each other it's I don't a think large so. state i don't think so <laughs> i don't either but i don't think it's so. famously a large state i think they're on opposite sides who's to say who's to say um, um i will anyway. not look it up yeah so anyway in keeping with our tradition That's stars of in this movie <laughs> finding the house real housewife in any rom-com 
there was one in this one, but she had zero lines. And if you blink, you miss her. But usually the housewife we find is Kenny Moore. This time it was not. It was Leanne Locken. Although fun twist, Melissa DeSouza's character in Best Man Holiday becomes a housewife. So full circle. circle. Yep. It's gorgeous storytelling. And also I think speaks to how prevalent the housewives are in culture and how they need to be respected as such. Okay. Well, and I'm going to go back to grad school because I don't have any other job options and do it in media studies or something. And then write articles on the importance, the cultural importance of the housewives. Great. Love that life plan for you. Thank you. Carrie, what the fuck is this movie about? Give us a lot. Give us the rundown. So the rundown is that Sandra Bullock is an FBI agent and we are supposed to believe that she is um, homely and incredibly homely because she has frizzy hair and glasses. Right. And she wears her hair like kind of over her face and in braids. Um, Ugly women always wear their hair in in two pigtail braids. (laughs) We're supposed to ignore the fact that like on like her face is still Sandra Bullock's face. Um, and she's uncouth. I will say that, like, she she's not very, you know, feminine. Hudson, and- you forgot to say Ernie Hudson's in this movie. Keep going. Right. Ernie Hudson is in this movie. Which, anyway, that man so, only gets better with age. Am I right? Um, she's an FBI agent. There's this opening scene where, like, she doesn't follow orders, so she's in trouble <clears throat> with her boss, who's played by Ernie Hudson. Um, the her team is like tracking this serial bomber guy and they figure out that he's going to be at the miss united states pageant the witness the the citizen the citizen Um, thank you they figure out that he's going to be in the miss united states pageant so they so benjamin bratt gets told that he's going to like lead a team and um decides that he needs a well he takes credit for her ideas which we'll get into and needs an incredibly sexist character um needs someone to be undercover so they decide that sandra book's going to be their undercover girl and then they hide the fbi hires michael kane to like coach her and it's about her experience with the pageant basically yes and, you know, antics ensue when this, like, right. you know, one of the boys type woman, this woman, like, sort of third wave feminist beauty pageants are bad. Woman has to then enter a beauty right. pageant. Yeah. My favorite um, feminist, quote unquote, line is how um, she's complaining about pageants and, like, why would anyone do a pageant? And Benjamin Bratt's like, well, it's a scholarship program. You get to see the world. You get to travel, blah, blah, blah. And she says, um, then join the Marines. It's like feminism never happened because there's nothing more feminist than the fucking Marines. Well, Carrie, by the end, she understands. By the end, she there is a lot of... This movie was made in 2000. So before we were having as wide-reaching conversations about the problems with policing and other law enforcement entities, because there are a lot of lines in this 
I mean, at one point when they say like, what would make the world a better place? They're like doing the montage of the interviews and all the women are like, world peace, world peace, world peace. And hers is stricter punishments for parole violators. I don't want you to be like, oh no, no, we're not being carceral here anymore, Sandra. Sandy, we let that go. We actually want easier punishments and less parole rules and we want less people in prison. Yes. And, and I mean, again, it was 2000. I... Yeah, I mean, her feminism can be best described as um, carceral and pro-military industrial complex. Uh-huh. This movie is copaganda. Let's just be real clear about that. <laughs> it's FBI-aganda. I would say that Benjamin Bratt, like late 90s, early 2000s, Benjamin Bratt is himself copaganda. Like the man is so damn fine. And most of what he was doing at this time was being a cop. To be fair, I... Or another. I am at the tail end of my Breaking Bad uh, watch and don't spoil anything, although I already have one thing spoiled for me. I am deeply Team Hank. So I guess, I mean, am I the problem? I also, and this is a longer story, I think Breaking Bad does an excellent job of portraying both people involved, like drug dealers and police officers and not like glorifying either of them it all just seems like everything seems bad like it's like don't do either of these jobs they're both terrible right um but you know hank is a problematic character who is um at his core good and walt is at his core bad (laughs) sure this has been another digression into breaking bad with allison on this show when i go back to grad school because it's the only job i can get um but can't afford I will also do an essay about like Breaking Bad because I'm 10 years behind in the culture. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. I mean, so this movie has its problems mm-hmm. more than more than I remember. It's copaganda. I'm going to keep watching. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I know. Like, you're right. It's fun. Copaganda. Right. I'm rooting for the cops. It also for a movie that came out in 2000, like it's way more diverse than I think movies felt like they needed to be at this time. Mm hmm. And so, like, and again, like, none of it is that big of a deal. Like, there's no sort of, like, discussion of, like, they're, the FBI boss is a black man. Benjamin Bratt is Latino of some persuasion. Benjamin Bratt is Latino. Um, you know, three of her, like, close pageant women friends, of which there are, like, six, are women of color, two black women and a um, Native Hawaiian woman. Like... I think this movie being made in 2000, like so many rom-coms and movies made in the early 2000s and around this time, like were unapologetically all white. And this movie is incredibly diverse and, mm-hmm. and, it, and that makes it more interesting. And the characters are sort of like, a, I think a little bit better formed. And even all these pageant women who like, other than Sandra Bullock and I guess Heather Burns, Miss Rhode Island, like, are pretty one-dimensional characters, but they're all very like specific, interesting characters. And I think part of that is like that they're written to be different types of women from different places in the United States. It's also an early aughts, like late nineties, early aughts rom-com that passes the Bechdel test, which I feel like is kind of rare. Um, yeah. To the point where like, are we watching a rom-com? Yes. I mean like, yes, the through line of this movie is Benjamin Bratt and Sandra Bullock are going to, I don't think we could ever watch Miss Congeniality 2 and in any way call that a rom-com because I don't think I haven't watched it as often, but I don't think there's even a love interest. They just like imply that she and Benjamin Bratt have broken up, mm-hmm. which I used to be bummed about. Now I'm like, yeah, girl, fucking dump him. He sucks. I um, <laughs> I said, um, 
Eric Matthews kind of sucks. I'm glad she loses him in the second movie. <laughs> I want to be specific. Eric Matthews of Miss Congeniality, played by Benjamin Bratt, not Eric Matthews, the older brother in Boy Meets World. True. Fair point. Um, also, Benjamin Bratt doesn't suck as far as I know, but this character super sucks. I have no idea who Benjamin she's, Bratt is as a person. He might be lucky. She's, she's too good for him, is the bottom line. When they work together, when they are only co-workers, he, she lays out all the different ways he should go forward. Like, she's like, you need to get, you need to talk to the San Antonio office so there's no, like, jurisdictional problems and we'll have support when we need it. You need to get someone on the inside. Like, she is telling him what to do and he's just taking credit for it. Then he uh, sexually harasses her several times. He slaps her ass so many times. Yeah. And there are so many comments about, like, what she looks like being a woman in a man's job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I wrote down a few more. Let's see. Oh, he's his, the, his comedic through line is that he's homophobic. Mm-hmm. And constantly and homophobic and um, likes to sleep with college girls. Yes. Well, I mean, we'll get there. But like Michael Keane is like, that man's attractive. And he's like, I can't be at lunch with this gay man. Like Michael Keane is just like, oh, hi, you're good looking. And he's like full gay panics. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yes, the other is that he is likes to sleep around with co-eds when he's presumably in his early to mid thirties at least. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's 30. Cause this, again, we are starting off another movie about a sad woman at age 30 mm-hmm, who cannot mm-hmm. find love. Uh, Why am I the way that I am? It's cause I watched all these movies as a child and I was like, God forbid I get 30 and be single. Oh no. Uh, yeah. He also um, allows his team repeatedly to um, judge which agent is hottest in a swimsuit when they're trying to find somebody to be undercover. For work, Then, then um, when she's undercover and has a camera in the dressing room, he allows his agents to partake in all kinds of ogling of women without their consent. Um and only stops them at the point that he's decided that he has feelings for her and is protecting her. Let, you know, screw all the other women that were. She's been like, I don't even feel like a real agent. I just feel like a pageant queen. Like I'm not even doing real cop work, blah, 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 blah. blah. And then he's like, right. I feel bad for her and also want to have sex with her because she's hot now. <laughs> yep. Right. I will say, speaking of her becoming hot now, I think, um, this movie has one of, if not the best, makeover montage of all time. Yeah. This the is a great makeover montage. Hanger they rent and all the different ways they're making her quote unquote beautiful from the, you know, haggard mess she was before. <laughs> and they do, like, I get, like, they do, they have her, like, eating a steak and drinking beer. So he keeps making comments about her, um, you know, like, beer and blood stains on her teeth. And, and um, you know, they have her, they have, like, given her bushy eyebrows. They've, you know, made her hair curly. The other thing is, like, anytime you add Michael Kane, it's, like, suddenly better. Like, I no longer care about all of the problematicness of the, the, the makeover that, montage. Because he also wonderful. says, a num- a, like, incredible amount of degrading things about her appearance. And I'm just like, yes. he's British and sassy. I'm in. Keep, <laughs> keep going. Do not like, care. Continually like takes donuts out of her hands and replaces it with celery, which like I'm sure says something about 2000s eating disorder culture. And I just honestly like I don't think it's that serious. And I'm sort of just like 
yeah if she's gonna be a pageant queen like no one's pretending that like that's healthy eating they're just trying to get her to be thinner well that's the thing is like and is that problematic with society yes would she need to do it yes but there's no the thing that like the reason i'm not bothered by like the food stuff in this movie is that no one's claiming it's like better or that like it's literally just saying like oh in order to be in these pageants women starve themselves and well, eat and, celery. and like part of Sandra Bullock's arc of this movie is thinking all of this is ridiculous and unfeminist which and maybe I was gonna say we're not going to but maybe we should have a larger conversation about like the feminist ethics of pageanting like it is unfeminist to say that a, in order to be the representation of a of an American woman, you have to be a certain size. She's criticizing that about it. Now, she is also, like we said, you know, overly judgmental of these women. And there is also an argument to be made that these are women trying to win scholarship money, trying to get their causes across. But like, again, there is a much larger conversation to have about feminism or lack thereof within pageants and at the end of it Sandra Bullock says like I met these women I fell in love with these women these are smart interesting worthwhile women that I judged and that was bad but like some of the shit we're criticizing about pageants the mostly the like beauty and appearance and like judging women based on what they look like instead of who they are is valid right so the food shit doesn't bother me there's also a line that I find incredibly funny still do today and where she is trying to get something out of Cheryl, Miss Rhode Island, because she was like an environmental activist or something. So they think she could be the it's never citizen. Explained. It's, it's never, never explained. explained. And it's never explained why we're sure it's not her. We're just our. Right. Um, but she's like, there's a, a very funny line where Benjamin Bratt says like, they're like, you got a girl talk with her. And she's like, I don't know how to girl talk. And he's like, well, what would you do? How, if you wanted information out of me and you did and you had to get it out, how would you do it? And Chandra Bill goes like completely genuinely like, Jesus, you want me to beat it out of her? <laughs> <laughs> and then she decides, which is very funny and Sandra Bill plays it so well. And then there's a very funny line where she's like brought pizza and beer to these women hanging out because she's going to try and bond with them. And they're all like aghast that she brought pizza. And Sandra Bullock is like, it's light beer and she's going to throw it up anyway. (laughs) And it's hysterical. And there's Um, something about it that like, I don't know. It does not feel like making light of eating disorders. It feels like making fun of what these women feel like they have to do to be quote unquote beautiful. Yeah. It feels like it's punching at pageants in some ways or like it at unattainable beauty ideals as opposed to like women who have eating yeah we're not making fun of women with eating Um, disorders the other thing that i like about this movie i feel like part of what this movie is doing and i say that kind of lightly because like i don't think this movie is doing a whole lot more than just like kind of a fun comedy rom-com but you know we start out with this character who is very not sort of typically feminine she's she's very masculine in a lot of ways and in fact like at one point she makes a comment about like being chosen for this because like it's a woman thing or a sexist thing like within the bureau and brat says like nobody thinks of you that way and then at one point when he like is dating this undergrad she's like i'd love to get your like you know your perspective about women in the in the era force or agency or whatever the hell they call it and um Benjamin Bratt's like oh well heart 
you know, Hart's not the one you'd want to talk to about that, essentially implying like she's not a woman, right? And as opposed to like these hyper feminine, hyper like beauty idealistic women juxtaposed against each other. And it's sort of like, which, which is the better quote unquote woman? Like, that's a lot of like what this, what the bullet character is struggling with is like, you know, you can, what be does beautiful, it mean to be a woman? Right. Like you can be beautiful or you can be like smart and competent and committed to your job. You can't be both. And ultimately like where this movie comes out is that like, in fact, that those are not mutually exclusive. Now, am I like maybe reading too much into this movie? Perhaps, but I I don't actually think you are because one of my favorite like throwaway joke moments is at the end when they're like introducing someone, Cheryl, Miss Rhode Island, who spoiler alert, ultimately goes on to become Miss United States. You hear in the background, William Shatner saying her and she, this the entire movie is this like absolute ditz you think is an idiot. And then you hear William Shatner say like, she is getting her PhD in biochemistry. I don't even remember, but like some insane complicated science. And it is a throwaway. It is in the background. Something else is going on. I think they're like diffusing a bomb and they are like, no, she's a, a literal rocket scientist. Yeah. And I think that like, it's a fun throwaway joke, but I also think it's like, to your point, we have the entire time been ourselves, the audience judging Cheryl as this like idiot, talentless, brainless, nothing. And that is, we have only seen one part of her and we are not looking in deeper. Right. Yeah. And we do, you know, we see like with Miss New York, like she's really committed to like getting her message out there. Like there, there are these moments there, like there is poking fun at pageants, but then there's also these moments where like the, point of view of the movie is clearly like these are far more complicated women Mm -hmm. than a pageant would lead you to believe yes they're all like given their due in time as and again it's not they're not like fully fleshed out characters they don't need to be but they're interesting they're different they're funny they help her they're smart like right they are they are good fun interesting dynamic characters and like we all get to be with Sandra Bullock judging them until like they become lovely and helpful and right you know, and then we're all sort of it's all sort of flipped on its head yeah. um, this movie and I know some of this is nostalgia but there are some line reading like the thing that works about this movie you know there's a lot a lot that's does not hold up but one of the things that works about this movie is they got together like some of the funniest human beings and put them in a movie together so that some of these like throwaway lines and these line readings are so funny. William Shatner, who's like not somebody I necessarily like pay a whole lot of attention to or like think of as like a particularly great actor like has some of the funniest lines in this movie because a lot of what he does is just sort of sits in the background and like talks to himself and (laughs) (laughs) he's he plays the pageant he's the ryan seacrest essentially but he's being forced out for i would imagine ryan seacrest like he's too old right right yeah so like he and candace bergen are co-hosts and they're both being forced out and Shatner is just kind of like a sad sack of a human being about it. And Bergen is, you know, going to blow up the pageant, which like I've got. Spoiler alert. Right. It's 22 (laughs) years old, but 
sure. She has know. she has basically copycatted the citizen um, right. to destroy the pageant. So at one point, uh, they think uh, they're like, oh, the citizen's been caught, blah, 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 so we can leave. And Sandra Bullock is like, no, this woman's up to something. Which, to be fair, very bad evidence. But she's like, this woman is up to something. I need to stay and protect these women. And she's right, so it doesn't matter that it's bad evidence. And Ernie Hudson is like, I'm shutting this down. And Ernie Hudson is right. Ernie Hudson is like, I'm shutting this down. We're getting out of here. If you want to stay, turn in your badge and your gun. And she does, and Benjamin Brett leaves her and then ultimately comes back to help her, of course. Right. Um, and sh- they, like, together with um michael gain saved the women and it was candace bergen the whole time um which there's a lot of bad police work in this movie like at one point in front of candace bergen they're like we just found out it's a woman it's like you wouldn't say that in front of a not like you would everyone's a suspect no especially when you found out it's a woman and there's a woman there and then at the end like or toward the end um benjamin bratt's like oh well like michael cain reveals to benjamin bratt that Candace Bergen's assistant is actually her son and that he's changed his name to like hide all his indiscretions and I'm like you're the fucking FBI like you didn't figure out that this guy has an alias right but like thank god Michael Caine is there to be like (laughs) me a pageant consultant like who also was and like Michael Caine is not a bad guy in this movie he's on their side but Michael Caine was recommended to them by Candace Bergen so you would think that he they would either want to make sure he isn't in on it or you wouldn't want to have her like recommend him because she'd want to recommend someone who like also didn't have a beef with her. I don't know. It just seems like she's bad at being a criminal and they're bad at being police. <laughs> right. Anyway, back to my point is that like all of the people in this movie are so funny. Even the ones I didn't expect, like William Shatner, like he had, and I can't, I didn't obviously didn't write. William Shatner, not like a comedian. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't pay that much attention to him because I was like shocked when I was watching this and I kept laughing at every single line reading he did. Why is William Shatner famous? <laughs> Star Trek. Isn't he famous for Star Trek? I think so. Yes. But like now what's he famous for? You know? Um, Expedia commercials. I don't know. Oh, he was kind of hot in Star Trek. Yeah. William Shatner. Boston legal. Sure. Sure. Something called Senior Moment, a movie from 2021 starring him and Gene Smart. I'm in. All right. So fair. Like, I guess. Yeah. Comedy is maybe not. Oh, he's 91. But also like William Shatner is 91. Yeah. Born March 22nd, 1931. Wild. Wild. I mean good for him because i feel like he still shows up and stuff like um i mean maybe but again maybe we thought this movie was 10 years old and it's 20 years old fair fair point um was i watching where like something happened in 1993 and i was like sure 10 years ago oh it was jurassic world terrible movie don't see it but at the beginning they were like this connects to something that happened in 1993 when jurassic park was first built and i was like oh yeah the original movie is like 10 years old and then they showed up and i was like all of you except laura dern have aged significantly in 30 years <laughs> <laughs> laura um, dern still can get it what was i gonna say hold on william shatner is funny oh the final scene at the pageant where they're trying to get the bomb out and um she's trying to take the crown away because the crown and 
Crown is the bomb. And Cheryl's just crying. And William Shatner is like reciting the Miss United States poem or whatever the fuck you call she's it. Beauty and it's just, and she's it's, it's like chaos is some of the funniest shit. Like, I've I've seen he doesn't know what to do so he's just the song is playing and he's just saying the words yes Yes. William Shatner has 248 titles on as an actor on his IMDb credit wild um the other the okay but here's the thing I have a question about with the whole plot and again like obviously I'm thinking too much into this Uh but so the whole like the the end game the goal of Candace Bergen and her accomplice son is that they've put a bomb inside of the crown right and as soon as miss united states gets crowned they're gonna blow her up right and presumably everyone on stage like i think and presumably everyone on stage including candace bergen who is on stage like she's standing right next to her right next to cheryl like nearly the whole time and i was like what was the plan here like maybe it's not a huge bomb maybe it's a small bomb that's only gonna kill cheryl and just maybe her chaos i don't understand. yeah her thing is like don't take this pageant away from me i'm gonna kill miss united states you would think she would threaten it though and not hmm she's bad at being a criminal clearly because i think she didn't think through like how she was going to survive herself but maybe it's like i have to stop watching breaking bad i have to stop watching breaking bad but maybe it's like how maybe you didn't get this far the old cartel guy agreed to die spoiler alert for breaking bad everyone fast forward 15 seconds the old cartel guy agreed to die in order to kill giancarlo esposito because his nephews were all already dead so he had nothing left to live for so walt was like plant a explosive device on your wheelchair and then when it when it blows up you will die but so will giancarlo esposito and you will die having gotten your revenge maybe it's like that maybe maybe welcome back from the breaking bad spoilers um yeah here's a couple of other things that don't hold up about this movie um she has a a stereo with a cd-rom player in her apartment well Um, sure the technology was different in 2000 and every single one of these women is rocking some thin 90s eyebrows which oh god the eyebrows which according to the gen zers are coming back i'll kill myself i'm not i'm not gonna i know because I was at European Wax Center today, and as I was laying on the table, knees to my ears, I was listening to the European Wax Center radio, and they were like, "Get buy our serum that will make your eyebrows bushier. And so I feel like European Wax Center has to be on all the trends of hair. And yes, it is an establishment meant to take your hair away, but then they also want you to buy a serum to fill out the parts of the eyebrows that are okay to have. Listen, I'm just saying I'm not going back. Look, I, I will not I do mean, it. I don't even like already sparse. I'm not. I don't. I've decided I don't let waxers touch them anymore because they get too thin. I was I'm not at the it. European Wax Center getting my eyebrows waxed. I'll pluck those on my own. I was getting. I think the, the nearest to my ears gave that away for the listeners. You know what I thought today as I walked in the room and she was like undressed from the waist down. I am a modest person. Mostly. I'm a mostly modest person. Yet every four to six weeks, I walk into an establishment and absolutely get naked from the waist down, completely butt-ass naked so that a stranger can get inside of my vagina and take the hair out of it. Like that, I was just like, this is such, for a woman who was like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Kimberly or whatever the fuck her name was. I was like, nice to meet you too. This is my whole vagina. Well, 
Did she do good work? She did excellent work. And honestly, like, maybe this is too much information for the podcast, but I, because I was shaving for so long, I, there was like an uneven growth of like this, the stubble from the shaving versus what they've waxed. And she really took some time to try and even it out. And then even offered for me to come back in five days for a touch up for the shorter hair she couldn't get to. It's really nice of her. She was, she was excellent at her job, but I was just like, this is a woman I do not know. And I am just fully literally, quite literally spread eagle for her. Well, it's good that you guys could have that moment together. I made one, two, three, four, five, six notes in this. And I think we've talked about, oh, justice for Miss New Jersey. We haven't talked to my first note. The reason she gets to join a pageant last minute is because the actual Miss New Jersey is has been caught being in a film called Armageddon On. Basically, they discovered she's a porn star. And so they, they're they like, she's going to be dropping out. Um, I'm sorry. In the year of our Lord 2022, we let porn stars be Miss America or Miss United, whatever fake ass pageant we're doing now, if they want. I said justice for I don't Miss New Jersey. Think they do. I'm I mean, a lined woman. Like- we if we were running Miss United States, we would, but I actually think that even today that would cause her to be disappointed. This was post Vanessa Williams, who I want to clarify, did not was not caught in a porn movie. She just was caught in like maybe not even naked pictures, but like sexually suggestive pictures and then lost her title, lost her crown. Mm-hmm. Excellent episode of You're Wrong About on Vanessa Williams. It's like a two-parter. If you want the full Vanessa Williams story, get it. Also, one time I received an email from Vanessa Williams. And that remains the height of my life. It said, thanks, comma, Allison. Wow. She's your name. You're welcome, Vanessa. You're so welcome. Anyway, Um, justice for Miss New Jersey. She should have been allowed to compete, even though she was uh, in a porn. In a porn. (laughs) How are you supposed to say it? She (laughs) was an adult actress. Yeah. Um, Oh, so then there's also a moment in this same meeting I wasn't going to take notes. And then I was like, these two things need to be written down in the same meeting where they're like first meeting with Candace Bergen about like what they need to do. They're like, we've talked to the network to try and cancel the pageant, but they, they won't let us and we can't force them. And I was like, someone's made a bomb threat. You can't, I think you can force. It's obviously just like, we have to address that so we can keep having a movie. And I get if they could just cancel the pageant, we wouldn't have a movie. But I was like, I think you could, like, I think we, I think you could. I think the network would, in fact, cancel the Miss United States pageant, yes. So those are my first two notes. I have four more. BB homophobia. That's Benjamin Brad homophobia. Terrible police work. Um, yes. Yikes. Carceral beauty queen. <laughs> and Cheryl is a scientist. Those are my thoughts on Miss Great. That sums it up. Yep. I mean, this movie rife with problems. I don't care. It is the early 2000s. I don't care. These people are fucking hilarious. We all know that this is a Sandra Bullock stand podcast. She's fantastic. Part of the reason I feel bad for not loving the proposals because I love her so much. There's, I actually realized in this rewatch that like they do very little to develop her character. Like there's even a scene where Michael Caine like gets under her skin and says something to her, like that clearly like hits a sore spot, but then we don't ever find out why, like we never develop that more, like look more into that. No, we don't know who her parents were. We see at the beginning, there's a scene of like young baby Sandra Bullock who defends a boy who's being picked on on the playground. And then when she's like, um, don't let him do that. Like, I like you. He's like, no, everyone thinks I have to be defended by a girl. And then she beats him up too. And it's like, 
I guess it's not really developing her character. It's just like she's always been this way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just feel like that like they almost developed her character and then they were like, eh, it's fine. And it is because it's Sandra it Bullock. Is. And so like in the moments when she's vulnerable, I completely buy it. In the moments when she's hysterical, I completely buy it. Like she's hilarious. I, you know, whatever. I'm in. She hides donuts in her bra. Yeah. Love Same. It. Totally in. I would also hide donuts in my bra and then like a, a drug dog sniffs them out. It's good stuff. Yeah. This is funny stuff. Um, a problematic fave. Yep. Truly a problematic fave. But I More don't problematic like, than I would have thought, but you know what? None of it is so bad that makes it, but also like none of it is so bad that makes it unwatchable. Like none of it to me makes it not. The, the other reason it's not unwatchable is because like, like most of the men in this movie suck, including Benjamin Bratt. All of the FBI agent, male FBI agents suck. I, not Ernie Hudson. He was just doing his job. That's fair. But the reason that it's not unwatchable is that the romance is so secondary that it's almost unimportant. And so I can pay attention to all the other stuff Benjamin- and not care that, sh- that I'm rooting for because I'm not really rooting for them, but like, I, I want them to make out in the order. End. I don't need to in order to care about this movie. Also, Benjamin Bratt is doing in this movie what women have done in movies forever is being the hot sidekick mm-hmm. who gives us nothing. He's just hot and there to serve her. And so often, and especially older movies, there is just a hot woman there to serve the man. And so, like, I don't care. Like, just let him be hot. Which he does really well. And she does excellently. Like, let him be hot. And then we can, like, get the movie and the plot points from Sandra Bullock and Michael Caine and the women. Like, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I don't care that I don't super believe their love story because I'm just like, yeah, let her make out with a hot guy. And then she'll go on to become best friends with Regina King. Benjamin Bratt. 90s early odds Benjamin Bratt is copaganda because he's so fucking hot that I'm like, Yeah. He is, and it's look, fine. like it's fine to be a cop. A cab, defund, etc. I love Law and Order, and I love this movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. And Benjamin Bratt and Lenny Briscoe were the best pairing ever. Not Lenny and the guy from Rent. Close second, but he was Lenny and the guy from Rent. Um, I I saw his tea on the back of a Cheerios box today. Speaking of iconic. Um, detectives doing what why was he on the back of a cheerios box uh i don't know he was being like get your heart health love it love that journey for him (laughs) all right um allison what are we watching next next we are watching the queen the legend the moment she is the moment oh r.i.p wendy williams the talk show the woman's still alive um next week we're watching moonstruck um starring share in her oscar winning role to which i saw her dress at the academy museum and nicholas cage and olympia dukakis. olympia dukakis great um my predictions are that it's gonna have problems because it's a pretty old movie but i mean share will be there so it'll have it's also like a great well. movie right like it's a like an actual great movie i've seen it before and i don't remember i don't remember press this movie but we'll see we'll see we'll find out um i feel like i've watched it in the last 10 years i don't remember it 
That's not. I've not. It's been a while. I don't know. We'll find out. Join us. Where can people find us? You can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod. You can find us on Twitter at hold underscore up underscore podcast. Please rate review us on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends. Join our Patreon if you are so willing. We do fun stuff over there. What are we doing this? We we watched all the tall. We watched so many boys that she's loved before. We watched all the tall, the boys. Um, you can hear more on the Patreon, but we did think there needed to be more Vanessa Hudgens. That's a joke for our patrons. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, next, we are next month. We're watching Fire Island, which P.S. I've already seen. We're going to think it's great. I cannot wait for Carrie. Carrie is a Pride and Prejudice stan. Um, so we're going to hear all her interpretations and then we're going to wait. I just read, I think I told you, I just read a Pride and Prejudice retelling that takes place in a burlesque club. Honestly, like one of my top 10 favorite books. I've decided I need to read Persuasion in order to Mm -hmm. watch Persuasion. The Dakota Johnson Persuasion. Well, my girl. That's right. Is that who it is? Okay, great. (laughs) I don't know. I, I get her and Fanning mixed up, not because just their name, just because they're both their name is Dakota. Um, so yes, we have our summer book club. It'll be at which we'll talk about on our August Patreon. So you can join our summer book club. Just thanks. But if you don't join, thanks anyway. Oh, and our uh, earnings from May and June are going to um, Kentucky Health Justice Network, which is the Kentucky Abortion Fund. Yes. So if you have been a patron for the last two months thank you so much um we'll be pulling that money out probably this week and sending it on so thank you for that uh yeah bye bye